by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. You know, last week I was just minding my business. Why are y'all laughing? Y'all don't think I can mind my business? Last week, I was just minding my business, and, and I get a text, and I realize it's Nicholas's, Nicholas Mitchell's text that he sends out. He sends out a devotional, 9 o'clock every morning. If you ain't on it, you need to get on it. It's a great devotional. It's real short and to the point, and this one was really to the point. It said, we have to lead ourselves before we can lead others. Stay focused on God's promises. Be mentally and spiritually disciplined. I was like, ouch. I mean, anybody who has who self-reflects, anybody who's wanting to stay right with God, that you listen to those things and you say, with the Thanksgiving holidays, if I let some things slip, how many know some things can slip if you ain't paying attention? Things just don't put them, you can't put them on autopilot. This life, you got to live it intentional. And so I said, I evaluated myself, said, I need to tighten up. And if I need to tighten up, I know the congregation needs to tighten up. I've been noticing, you know, some people ain't showing up on Sundays like they used to. I'm not looking at anybody, but it's just time to tighten up. Sometimes you got to tighten up. And so I decided to start a new series called Running to Win because we want to win. We want to be found running when Jesus comes back. And today's message, if you're following along on your little bulletin there, you fill in the blank, it's called The Prize. Today's message is called The Prize. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Are you ready? Are you ready to celebrate today? Every time I open this word, it's a celebration. I love to hear those pages turning. We got it on the screen, but I still love to hear those pages turning. I believe God does too. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. The Apostle Paul says, Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. Say run to win. Are you running to win? You like to win. I like to win. I play Monopoly. I'm going to win if I have to cheat, you know. <laughs> not really, don't you? you got to do things lawfully. I'm not saying that, but it, 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 the desire is in you to win. That's what makes people cheat. <laughs> it says all athletes are disciplined in their training. How many love training? <laughs> not so many hands. <laughs> See, there you have it. The difference in winning and losing is in the training. We all want to win, but not everybody wants to train. 
says they do it to win a prize that will fade away, meaning the world, you know, they do it for a little plastic thing. But we do it for an eternal prize. We need to have a bigger perspective as Christians. He says, so I run with purpose every step, every step, not just on Sunday steps. I run with purpose every step, and I'm not just shadow boxing. He's, he's saying, when that devil comes to me, I ain't going to be doing this number here like Fred Sanford, you know. I'm going to be doing this. Wow, I'm going to be hitting him for real. I discipline. Boy, these are bad words in church. I discipline my body like an athlete. Training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. I told everybody I was saved. I told them Jesus was changing my life. But what if I don't discipline and train myself and I go back to my old way of life and everybody says, must not be much to that Jesus. And I become disqualified. You know, I used to work in Memphis downtown living in Hernando. It's quite a trek up the 55 Highway. And if anybody's ever drove in Memphis, you know it's quite a trick. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be driving through a construction zone and dude be latched onto my bumper, <laughs> mad because I've slowed down to 80, you know. <laughs> it's like, where are you going, dude? <laughs> People passing you on the medium, and it's like, wow. You know, my job, I barely even feel like doing the speed limit on the way there, but they must have these 100-mile-per-hour jobs. They got, they got a special job. I don't know where they're going. I wish my four-cylinder would have kept up with them because I wanted to see this magical job that they got to drive 100 miles an hour to get to. <laughs> Keep hoping one day I'll find <laughs> But then I started thinking, I'm not so sure they're driving fast because they got this, you know, because they're going to cure cancer today or because they're, they're going to find the cure for world hunger I think they might be more like just gnats buzzing around or a hamster on a wheel, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? I think maybe they're just regular folks that their life has gotten out of control. Because why else would you drive 80 miles an hour through the construction zone waving at me and telling me I'm number one and stuff, you know? Psalms 90, verse 12, it, it says, teach us to number our days. Have you noticed on a calendar, it's got numbers on it? Have you noticed on the clock, it's got numbers on it? It says, teach us to number our days. Our 24 7, our 365. How many knows we all got the same 24 hours in a day? And we need to know what we're doing with them. We need to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We see if you if you're like a, a hamster on a wheel, you're pedaling real hard, but you ain't getting nowhere. There ain't no wisdom in that. You're just going, 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 going. You keep, and the devil's just 
putting that, that little carrot right outside the wheel, and, you're, and you can't get to it. You're just going, 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 going. And how many people do you know are living their life in this 100-mile-per-hour situation, and they seem like they can't get off the wheel? God gives us time, and time must be viewed as one of our greatest assets. It's precious. It's our most precious commodity. And we have to take control of our calendars. We need to spend our time wisely or else it'll spend us. Uh-oh. I wrote this. Plan your life or it will plan itself. Take charge of it, or it will take charge of you. God gives us life. You got a beating in your heart, he gave it. You got breath in your lungs, he gave it. You got somewhat of electrical stuff going on up in the brain. <laughs> he gave you that. He gave you life, but he expects you to steward over it. He's not going to live your life for you. We must take ownership of our lives and do something with it. Make a plan. Number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now, what did he give us? He gave us a body, soul, a spirit. Your soul, which consists of your mind and your will and your emotions. All these things. How many knows it's hard to keep everything in balance? Really, I mean, we got so much going on. Life is coming at us fast. And the moment you're working on this one area or this other, it's like spinning plates. You ever see that guy? He's, he's keeping all the plates spinning. By the time he gets down here, the other one's falling. He's got to run down here and start this one spinning. But it's a lot better than crashing. And that's what life can be like. We have to keep balance. You, you know somebody, you, you're saying, I know somebody, man, they can't control their emotions at all. Their emotions are crashing all the time. But they might point back to you and say, well, maybe you ain't controlling your body. Or maybe you ain't controlling this or that. I don't think we can afford to point fingers at anybody else because I think we're all in this together. And I think part of why you join a church is so you can have people come alongside you and help balance your plates. And that's what this series is about. You see, this life package includes more than just body, soul, and spirit because we got relationships on the outside of that. We got jobs. We got finances. We got bills we got to pay. We even got hobbies and relaxation. And somebody's in here saying, what is that? <laughs> I ain't seen that in 20 years. Well, you're in the right place today because that's supposed to be part of a balanced life. You're not supposed to be on that wheel all the time. In fact, if I'm going to do some running, I don't want it to be on a wheel. I want to be moving towards a destination. How do we win? How do we win, Pastor? Just get to the meat of it. Well, first of all, we win by listening to the coach. What kind of team 
doesn't listen to the coach wins very often. And the coach that God has given us is none other than the Holy Spirit. He sent the coach to live in our hearts, to teach us everything Jesus said, to show us, to bring all things to our remembrance. The coach is here to lead and guide you through this journey that we call earth. Ephesians 5, 8 says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. Once we were in the darkness, once we were the ones driving 100 miles an hour out of control, heading nowhere, putting everybody else in danger, we were in darkness. We didn't know any better. But now that the Spirit of God has come into us and, and we have given our hearts to Jesus, we have illumination. He said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And we have that. So he's saying, so live as people of the light. In Galatians 5, 16, the same apostle Paul says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Now, I almost feel like I got to stop right there because many people in the church think the Holy Spirit is some vision or some mist or some mystical thing. Now, they have no idea what I mean when I say let the Holy Spirit guide your life. But God sent his spirit into your heart. You remember that when I said that earlier? He is to lead and guide you. you, you the kingdom of God is within you. God himself is within you in the, in the person of the Holy Spirit. The person, not the thing. Though you can't see him, he's there. And because you can't see him, don't think, that, think of him as a mist or a fog or something spooky because the, the King James happened to call him the Holy Ghost. That's where we get all those notions, I think. It is the Holy Spirit of God, and he is with you. It says, and then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. We default to stupid <laughs> Don't we? If you just let your old man rule and reign. See, when you got saved, that spirit came in and he illuminated things and he gave you an option. Before we were just dead and our sins and trespasses in the dark, but now we have the spirit of God and every day you got a choice. Which one are you going to follow? And why in the world would we want to dig up that old dead man that should have been buried in baptism with Christ when we've been raised to a new life in Christ? And the Holy Spirit is now leading us into light. Don't do what your sinful nature craves. If you do that, your life is guaranteed to implode. You're guaranteed to go down a broken road. You say, well, well, Pastor, I listen sometimes. I do pretty good most times. Well, then you'll get sometimes results. But the Bible tells us, that the Holy Spirit will never leave us or forsake us. So why in the world at any point would we want to leave or forsake him? Why would we want to get all spiritual on Sunday but live like the devil Monday through Saturday? I, you know, before I really knew Jesus, that's the way I lived. I, I went to church sometimes, but I wouldn't even consider myself saved because I wasn't living for him. There, there needs to be a conversion. Not just a salvation, but there needs to be an understanding that I, I've been bought with a price. It's the precious blood of Jesus. I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. I'm, I've made him Lord of my life. 
not just on Sundays. Hope I'm making sense. Winning Christians, listen to the coach. Winning Christians also follow the playbook. That just came to me. I wasn't even going to say that. I was just going to say follow the Bible. But winning Christians follow the playbook. So turn to 2 Timothy 3.16. We got some squirrely Christians out there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it ain't no telling what you'll find from some people. They're listening to the internet. They're listening to everything else, but they're not listening to the word of God. All scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God. We can trust that it came from God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong with our lives. See, the truth will set you free from what's wrong in your life. You got issues. I got issues. We all have things that we're dealing with. But how long will we deal with them? When will we overcome? Your answer is in the playbook. God has thought of all the scenarios and given you an answer. He has written it down for you. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. I know some people, I can feel it. Some people are, are getting fired up in here. Some people are saying, I don't like that preaching on correction. I'm not going back to that church. But some people are like, no, no, I know this is good for me. I know that because I have a heart to win. And the coach fires me up. And, and knowing that, the, that God has a plan excites me, knowing that there is an answer, I'm going to humble myself today and I'm going to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to me. It corrects us where we're wrong and teaches us what to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Say every good work. See, there, there's a lot of work going on. But is it a good work? Do you want your work to go for naught? Do you want to work your whole life away only to find that it, that it was wood, hay, and stubble in God's eyes? See, the Apostle Paul is talking about the foundation on which a Christian must build. Jesus Christ, Jesus crucified, him resurrected. The rock on which we build our life the foundation that we build is on Jesus. But he said some people, and if you're building the foundation on Jesus, you're a Christian. But he says some people build with wood, hay, and stubble. How many wants to live in a stubble house? <laughs> that don't even sound right. But that's the way our spiritual life is. We're investing in this kingdom, this temporary kingdom. We're trying to build a, a big house here. But we got a stubble house in the spirit. Let me explain something. Everybody's work is going to be tried with fire. The Bible tells us when we die, we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 
And in God's fiery judgment, the works which we did in this body will go into a furnace of, of judgment. And if you've built your life on wood, hay, and stubble, you're not bringing anything, listen to this, of eternal significance into heaven. You're not bringing anything into heaven. You barely get there. Your clothes will smell like smoke. But Paul says some people will build with gold and silver and precious stones. They will see the difference in the temporary things of this world and the eternal things of the kingdom of God. They will understand. They will have a perspective. They're seated with Christ in heavenly places far above all principalities, rulers, and powers of this world. All the junk down here, they're seeing from a higher level, and they, and they know that their life needs eternal significance, not just making it by and making it through. Let me slow down. Winning Christians are faithful. Faithfulness to God's spirit and God's word win the race. The right race, not the rat race. What race you want to run, the rat race or the right race? Do you want to just dabble in the things of God like Judas did? Think about it. Judas was like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I don't know. I'm going to check and see if how this works out before I decide. I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm in. I'm not in today. I got 30 pieces of silver coming over here. Or do you want to lay your head on Jesus' breast like John? You want to get as close to him as you possibly can. Talking about King Saul, God put him on the throne, but he's, God still expected him to listen to him. But King Saul wanted to make his own decrees. He wanted to do everything his way. And then when he made a mess, he wanted God to bless his mess. Like we keep talking about, the driver's seat. Who's in the driver's seat? Who's steering this car? Do you want to steer and then keep running into the ditch and having to ask God to bless your mess? Or how about giving God the wheel and you enjoy the ride? And relax. Get off the throne. Just do what he says. Just follow Jesus. It's that simple. Do you want to finish your course and run your race? Hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant, like Paul says, like Paul did? Or do you want to be a Demas? What's a Demas? You want to be an old Demas? It's not what's a Demas, it's who's a Demas. Are you a Demas? A Demas. Don't be no Demas. Turn to 2 Timothy 4. You should probably already be close to that. 2 Timothy 4, verse 6. Everybody there? This is the Apostle Paul. 
Now, I want you to understand that two other places in the Bible, Demas is mentioned. Both times in the salutations or the greetings or the, the closing of his message, I can't remember which one, but Demas is mentioned as a fellow laborer of Paul. This fellow Demas has got his name in the Bible as a fellow laborer with the Apostle Paul. That's pretty good. I'd like to have my name in the Bible as somebody who, who served the Lord. But here in 2 Timothy, many people believe that this is the last letter that the Apostle Paul wrote before he was beheaded for the gospel's sake. Paul is an older man now, and boy, he, had, he has served the Lord with every fiber of his being. And he says in verse 6, he says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. It's, I've given it all to the Lord. I've poured myself out. Just like when they stuck that spear in Jesus' chest and, he, and the last drop of his blood came pouring out for us. He said, I have poured my life out for Jesus. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Say, finish the race. And I have remained faithful. Now the prize awaits me. Talking about the prize today. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day of his return. And the prize, not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. It can be us too. It's available to us. Pour your life out. Run your race. Finish your course. Be faithful. And then he says, Timothy, please come to me as soon as you can. Because Demas has deserted me. Because he loves the things of this life. Demas, you started so well. But then... You got derailed. You begin to love the things of this life. You begin to focus on what you can get, not what you can give. Demas, you came so close. I could probably name half dozen people right off the top of my head that should be here hearing this message today. They started off so well, but they didn't guard the anointing in their life. They didn't stay with the program. They didn't stay with the, the coach and with the book. They thought, well, God cleaned me up and got me good. Now I got this. And when I hear that and I see that, I pray for them. There's not much. I can't beg people. But I, it breaks my heart because I know they're going to go right back to that rat race that they were in before, and eventually they'll come back, but they'll come back broken again. If they come back. If they come back. What happened to Judas? To Saul? To Demas? They got derailed. They got derailed. They lost 
focus and got derailed. How many of you know we got an enemy who is constantly working to derail our lives? And not even just him, sometimes we derail our own lives. And sometimes just situation in this broken, sin-filled world derail life for us. We lose that job that we love so much, or we didn't get it. We lose a loved one. Situations, life coming at us fast. Let me ask you, when your life has gone off the rail, so to speak, and you're in a train wreck in your life, and you're just like, how did I get here? Do you pull back from God? Or do you press in? See, that's the difference whether you're going to go through the valley of the shadow of death or you're going to stay there. Because Jesus is going through. And yea, though I walk through the valley through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm walking through. I'm not staying. I'm not staying. I'm going through. I'm walking with Jesus step by step. When my life seems derailed, I'm still walking. Oh, and how many people, oh, they get a bonus at work. Now, you know, their life, they got their kids back. They got all these things back in their life. And oh, now they don't need Jesus anymore. Most most people fall away when things start going good and they only come to Jesus when they've made a mess. Why don't we be different? Why don't we run win don't get bogged down in the nearness of now only seeing what's happening right now why don't we be eternally minded knowing that this light affliction is but for a moment but it'll work for us a far greater weight of glory in the life to come if we'll stay with Jesus I'm preaching from all of my heart right now Because I'm a pastor and I see people, and it breaks my heart. If you would listen today and be a doer of this word, I am telling you, it's the way to get you through. We need to walk with Jesus, and we need to walk like Jesus. And the disciples were like, how did he do it? What's he doing? He hadn't eaten in two days. You know, he's staying up all night praying, and he's ministering to folks, and the crowds are just rushing him. How is he doing it? And Jesus said, I have meat that you know not of to do the will of the Father. My substance don't come from just bread and, and meat, but my meat is to do God's will. It sustains me. It drives me. I'm eternally minded. I came down here with a goal. We need to walk with Jesus. With all our hearts, if you don't love him, learn to love him. Get to know him and you will love him. He is your answer. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's all three. He's everything you need. I'm pleading with you. Jesus is real. Walk with him. His mama would tell you, walk with him. They was at the, the wedding feast, and, and his mama came and said, Jesus, it's kind of embarrassing, but they've run out of wine. And Jesus said, Mama, it's not my time yet. She didn't argue with Jesus. Don't argue with Jesus. But you know what she did? She told the servant boys, whatever he tells you all to do, do it. 
Whatever, whatever he says, do, just do it. You ain't got to know all the answers. You ain't got to know what Jesus is going to do. You ain't got to argue with his, his ways and his plans. Just do it. That was the best sermon that anybody ever gave. Jesus' mama said, just do it. What Jesus says. You don't believe the mama? What if, would you believe the daddy? I'm not talking about the stepdaddy, Joseph. I'm talking about his father. The daddy. Because see, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up on a high mountain. And he was praying, I guess, or whatever. You know, it doesn't say it in, in three of the Gospels, but one Gospel, it said that Peter, James, and John fell asleep again. <laughs> it's hard keeping up with Jesus. But it said when they woke up, and I can imagine Pete, Peter waking up, what in the world? Jesus is talking with Moses and Elisha up on the mountaintop. And he's glorified. He's glowing in all of his glory. Maybe not all of his glory, but enough glory down here that they know this ain't normal. And Jesus is talking with people who had gone on hundreds of years earlier. They're down here, and Peter's seeing this, and Peter's like, like most of us. Don't have a clue. He'd been sleeping the whole time. Missed most of it, but got to say something. Well, this is good. Let's build a tent over here for Moses. We'll get one for Elijah. We'll get one for you, Jesus. And he's trying, he's trying to drive again. And then this great, great big bright cloud overshadows him and the voice of the Father in heaven says, this is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Stop talking, Peter. Get off the throne, Peter. Just hear him. Just do what he says. If you don't believe the Father, would you believe the Son? In John 15, 4, Jesus himself, he says, remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot produce fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus needs to be our why we do what we do. If Jesus is not why you do what you do, guess what? You will grow weary in well-doing. Are you listening in the back? If you're working in the nursery and you were excited about it, you got to deal with those little children, but Jesus is really not why you're doing it, eventually them little kids will get on your nerves and say, I'm not doing that no more, Pastor. I don't like it back there. I'm not getting here early to work in guest services and be a host anymore. You know, it's my time in. I got to, you know, I need a little extra sleep on Sunday mornings. If Jesus is not your why, it's easy just to, to quit. But if Jesus is the why behind what you do, and he's the one that led you to do what you do, 
There ain't a storm in all the world that can blow you off your center. You got to love him. If you don't love Jesus, you got nothing in this world. You got no chance in this world. He, he must be why you do what you do in this life or you're on a wheel. Jesus gave us life. Colossians 1 says that he created the world and everything in it. It was all created by him and for him. Another place it says in him we live and move and have our being. You were created by Jesus, for Jesus. Your life will never work apart from him. You're, you're masquerading. You're a hypocrite if, you're not, if you don't realize that you must serve the Lord Jesus. Every knee shall bow to Jesus. It's the question of whether you're going to bow now or you're going to bow when it's too late. Jesus gave us life, but he's not going to live it for us. He's done everything he could possibly do to lead us through it and to give us victory in it, but we must provide the stewardship. We must provide the discipline. We must provide the faithfulness and the resolve to follow him. That must come from you, and that's only found in your love for him. You can have a 100-mile-per-hour job, or you can have eternal significance. But you can't have both. You got to choose. Last scripture. Turn to Ecclesiastes 3.11. Is God good? Are you stirred in your heart? I'm not saying... I mean, sometimes you, you preach a message like this and people are saying, oh, this is going to be hard. Oh, this is. No, it's hard not following Jesus, I promise you. Life is going to be hard one way or another. I'm telling you the answer. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. And your life is meant to be beautiful. You're supposed to be a reflection of Jesus. You are supposed to reflect his glory. Your life should be beautiful. For your time that you're here on the earth, God has made everything beautiful. And he has planted eternity in the human heart. What does that mean? Simple. You can be the most hardened atheist on the planet, but you're just lying to yourself. Because you know. Every heart knows that there is a God. It's a fool who says in their heart there is no God. But there's a lot of Christians. No, I don't want to go there. You know. You know when, it's, when you take your last breath, you know that they're not just going to put you in the ground and that's you in that casket. You know there's something more. You know there's something greater. There's something eternal about you. God has put eternity in the heart of man. And he has made you in his image. And the Lord is a warrior. 
The Lord is victorious. The Lord wins. Thanks be unto God which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's made us more than overcomers in him who loved us. Our God is an overcomer and he will make you more than an overcomer. And you know you have that desire to win. You know you were born when you was a little kid. I want to grow up and I'm going to be this and nothing's going to stop me. Nobody can stop me. I'm six years old. If I want to be an astronaut, I will. But then life happens. And you realize it's not just doled out for free. Many people just say, I'll take the free stuff. But nothing good comes for free except salvation. God says, it's in your heart. I've put it in your heart to win. You are a winner. You are created in my image. And I know you've been beat down. I know you've been derailed many times that the devil has come and destroyed your original hopes and dreams. But you can be like those who dream again. I, I give beauty for ashes. It may be sorrow in the night, but joy comes in the morning. I'm the God of a turnaround. I'm the God that will lead you to your destiny. But it's going to take training and discipline. It doesn't come easy. But it's worth it. It's who you are. God has put eternity in your heart. And if you've lost your way, it's time to begin to run to win again. What is the prize, Pastor? Well, didn't Apostle Paul say that henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness? We're running for a crown that we can cast at the Lord Jesus' feet because Jesus is the prize. And if you're living your life apart from Jesus and you're not making him the focus of your life, you're not really living at all. Because Jesus is the prize here and now. Life, and if you boiled life down, if you put life in the fire and all the dross and all the mess was, was taken out and boiled off and you got down to the essence of life, life is knowing life. It's closeness. Your head on the breast of life himself. Jesus is life. And whatever you're doing apart from Jesus is no life. In fact, death is in its deepest essence is separation from life. And the farther you get away from Jesus, the more you're living and dead in your sins and trespasses. And God is saying, come unto me. Come unto me. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.